Hello to all you fellow doinks out there. Welcome back to the Double Doink Podcast, where myself and Dave talk about all things wrestling. Wrestling. So, we want to give a big shout out to some of our fellow doinks, including JJ yes. and John. They have been really talking back to us, not talking back in a bad way, but really uh, discussing with us in our Facebook group and through Facebook Messenger and through Instagram and all that, really giving us feedback on everything. And we really want to thank you. And we also want to big, send a big shout out to Dave's kiddos out there. Yes. They're not out there. It. He has two of them. Yes. Uh, no, he's not a sperm donor. He doesn't have like 14. No. He's got two kiddos huge fans of the show and i'm i'm absolutely overjoyed that these kids love the show because i would love to get my nephews into the show my kids my niece would probably love the show if i showed it to her um they're listening to this thing on itunes and ipodcast every week and they're sharing it with that's all their friends phenomenal in their school and it is just great to hear the feedback and especially since my kids give me some of their notes so i'm sharing some of their thoughts yeah exactly so lexi and julian as always Thank you for a pre- for being a doink. And thank yes, you. thank you for being a doink. And we will be sure because quick announcement here before we jump right into Clash of Champions because we want to get this episode done real quick because we uh, we've noticed in the last couple of weeks we've been running like 75, 80, 90 minutes. We want to try and knock this down to about an hour yes. because it takes it it shouldn't take us forty an hour and forty five minutes no. to talk about everything in a week. But sometimes it does when we get on tangents. But we want to just knock this out real quick. We are going to be coming out with some Double Doink t-shirts very, very soon. We want to get them out to you guys. Um, If you guys are interested, let us know. Uh, Let us know your t-shirt size, and we will get you a Double Doink shirt. We want to spread this news. We want to let this podcast spread like wildfire. Now, now that that little bit of advertisement is done, let's bring right into uh, Clash of Champions here. Dave has everything written down. I actually did catch it, but I didn't get to write everything down. I haven't had time. I've been stupid busy. It was a very busy Sunday night as well. Sunday night yes. football, your Eagles were on. Yeah, my Eagles were on. Loss, so unfortunately, but yeah, we were jumping back and I was jumping back and forth. Uh, I know Dave was jumping back yes, and I forth was. because yes. we're in some pick'em leagues. Damn. You, um, so uh, Atlanta won and that kind of screwed both of us, but we're going to jump right into Clash of Champions here without any further ado. So yes. Dave, off to you with Clash of Champions pre-show. Yes. Uh, it was a good pre-show. You had a... Um, it was an all right pre-show. Okay, well, let's be the, real. How's this? The matches were good. Outside of outside of what happened with the whole Styles and Alexander thing, I really liked the Drew Gulak retaining his title again. Yeah, that Lince was a Dorado, really solid match. Humberto Carrillo, you get a lot of flying moves. You get a lot of technical moves because of Drew Gulak. Um, he retains his title because these matches always perform on these pay-per-views, and it's about time with their move over to NXT. You're going to start seeing these types of matches yeah. maybe get on real pay-per-views. Yeah, these matches need to stop being on pre-shows. Because I mean, even when they went to Super Showdown, I'm pretty sure Buddy Murphy's hometown, when he won that belt, that was the first match to go on the show or it was on the pre-show? No, it was on, it was on the main show because it was his hometown. Yeah, but so. otherwise, the only reason if like a hometown hero isn't going to win the belt, they won't put a cruiserweight championship match or a cruiserweight match in general on a pre-show like 205 live was on the network after smackdown yes and the the matches that were on live on raw and smackdown when 205 live and the cruiserweight division were on those shows weren't great no that they, was before that cruiserweights was before really started getting good what's again. happening with this division i mean you're looking at we'll just look at the last two pay-per-views you're looking at stomping grounds and you're looking at the clash of champions pay-per-view both those stars uh, both those matches with Drew Gulak, three and a half stars. Those are solid matches. Yeah. Always performing. Drew Gulak knows how to put on a good match. Tony Nese knows how to put on a good match. 
Um, we're going to get to a, a really good cruiserweight match in NXT later on. Yeah. Great match with Leo Rush and um, Lone, uh, Oni Walker. Walking, yeah. Very good match. But And there's also a lot of guys in NXT and NXT UK that are under that 205 uh, line, and they could go and fight for the cruiserweight belt, and it would be really good. Yes. Uh, one of which I'm pretty sure is under 205 is um, Arturo Ruas, which yeah. we will be talking about later on in the NXT segment, but he put on a phenomenal match against Pete Dunne. Yeah, and the thing about this, too, is like we were saying last week, maybe bump that up from 205 to maybe 225, and you can include a lot more oh, great Oh, yeah, wrestlers. you can have a lot so, more guys in there. Well, th- that's a tangent. That's a great conversation. Guys, we want your feedback on that because I per- firmly believe yeah. a 225 division versus a 205 division can make a lot of changes, especially in the NXT where a lot of guys fit that build. Oh, yeah. Um, next match, Styles retains over Alexander. Um, it was a very quick match. You had Alexander come out of the gate very fast, very angry, attacking Styles, hitting all his big moves, and then all of a sudden... It's a brain buster on the apron. It's a Styles Clash on the outside. It's a complete burial of Cedric Alexander. And then what happens after the match? The OC comes down and beats the crap out of Alexander, and nobody comes out of the back to help Alexander out. Cedric Alexander had such a good good push as champ when he was facing Mustafa Ali, and he was facing Buddy Murphy, and all these guys. And then he came to Maine, and they just dropped him yeah he just he just seems to just be getting it sucks because he seems to get in, be, be the guy taking all the pinfalls when 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 whatever team he's on or if he's in singles competition and he's facing a heel he's eating he, the pin he's eating all the pins and it and it sucks because he's he's so good he should have a title i mean he had that cruiserweight championship for so long and he carried that division until he gave it to buddy murphy and then obviously buddy murphy moved it on it we need to get a belt We've on Alexander. We've had really, really solid cruiserweight champions as of late. Yes. Between Cedric Alexander, Bu- uh, Alexander um, Buddy Murphy, and now Drew Gulak. Well, and Tony Nese. And Tony Nese held the belt, too. Yeah, Tony Nese was very good as a belt, even though he held it for not a very long time. But he was very good it was there. Fo- it was solid. It was um, very solid. Glorious show-offs. They win the titles. Of course. That's you know, what we picked that. I think that. I think that's one of the only three ones we got right. Yeah, we you got know? very, very few right. We and, got. And even the ones where we split, like, I got one that he got wrong, and he got one that I got wrong. And we but got, still, we we got just, torched. We were not good at these picks. We thought every we thought every belt was changing when only oh, two did. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. I couldn't believe how many uh, how many people retained. I, I, the only thing that we really got right was the end of the night. What happened at the end of the yeah, night? Yeah, which which well, everybody could have seen coming. Yeah, exactly from even, a million even, miles away. Even even blind from a million miles away, you could smell it coming. Yes, um, Bailey retains. Yeah, um, I like the way she retains. She's facing a flare and she used a flare tactic. She yeah, takes the, the took the little the belt padding, buckle off. Yeah, takes the padding off the uh, the turnbuckle and then drops. You know, Charlotte right into it gets a quick. You know, doesn't get a quick count. It's one, two, three. She sprints out of the ring, grabs her title, and runs right up the ramp. And is that a confirmed heel? Oh, heel it's, turn? it's confirmed. She has turned the heel. She's a heel turn. Okay. And um, now with everything that she's been doing over on the SmackDown side later on, when we'll talk about that in the match with Banks and Charlotte, she's definitely a heel at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I know she's backing up her friend, but she's doing a lot of heel tactics. She's doing a lot of run-ins, DQs. She's not. She's not hugger Bailey anymore. They finally have decided to make her into a heel. She's a tweener heel because I don't think she's going to get the heat that someone like Banks is going to get. But if she continues to cheat or she continues to do heel tactics, you're going to eventually see the crowd kind of turn on her. And I'm going to yeah, love I when could, it happens. I'm going to love it, yeah. It's going to be really, really good. So here's a match we got wrong. 
The New Day did not retain their titles. They lost to the Revival clean, and Xavier Woods took the fall after being targeted the entire match. His knee, because they've been playing up this whole knee injury angle with him, got targeted the entire match. And my favorite part of this match was the fact that the Revival hit the Shatter Machine and then didn't go for the pinfall. They went for a, a inverted um, figure four leg lock to make Xavier Woods tap out. And you had, I forget if it was um, Dosh or da- um, Dash or Dawson that was outside the ring, but he was just yelling in his face like, you're going to tap. You yeah, have that to was, tap that out. that was really and good. I love, I love that old school tactic because they're an old school tag team. And I'm happy the Revival have the titles. Um but there's a problem every time they put the titles on a really old school, a good tag team. They seem to bury them the next night, and that's kind of what they did with the revival when we get to Raw. Yeah. Um, Cross and Bliss, they retain the best part of that match. Twenty four seven championship run in. Yeah, that was great. that was awesome. And, and Bliss was like half a count away from winning that. Belt. I know, and that would have changed. Which, which, if that's what happened, because I picked Fire and Desire in this match. Yeah. Uh, Dave picked uh, the t- uh, the champs. Yes. I picked Fire and Desire. If Alexa had won that belt, Fire and Desire would have won that because she would have had to run away from all the guys yeah, chasing her chasing for the 24th 7. Yep. And then that would have left Cross by herself. Cross, and Cross would have been able to lose, uh, take that pin without looking bad. Yeah, because, because she, she was been, one, on, been, one on two. Yeah, it would have been a handicap match at that point, which yeah. is what happened to her actually on Monday Night Raw when we get to exactly. that too. Exactly. Um, another match we got wrong, Nakamura retained. Um, yeah. Honestly, the highlight of this match Sami Zayn on commentary. Oh my they god, gave Sammy him a, is very good. They gave him a live mic, and he it must have went on for what, about five minutes. Oh yeah, he was roasting the crowd. He was roasting Miz. He was talking up Nakamura. And the best part about it is, you know who he reminded me of? Bobby Heenan. He has the neck brace on. He's yeah. lambasting the crowd. He's a heel. It was great. And I'm not saying he has Heeman heat. I'm not saying he's on that level because. Bobby Heenan is one of the best managers of all time. But I like that callback with the neck brace and stuff like that. It, it, yeah. was, it was very And you cool. want to know who else that kind of calls back with the neck brace? Paul Heyman. Yes. Paul Heyman had a hit neck brace when for, he was uh, the manager of uh, Brock. Yes. For a little while. Yes, yes. So it's a very good callback to all the heel managers that they're doing with Sami yeah. Zayn right now. Um, and I love I love that they're letting Sami Zayn, one of the best talkers in WWE, talk, talk for Shinsuke who is a good talker, but still being it's his second language, he's still kind of rough on the mic when it comes to talking yeah. English. When they let him talk Japanese, oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, like yeah. When he was on commentary, commentary last, last week. week. God, that was so good. Yes, it was. But le- having a mouthpiece for someone who doesn't speak the language is better than someone that having a mouthpiece for someone who can speak the language. Yes, and we talked about, um, we'll, again, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but... We talked about the AOP last week, needing a mouthpiece. Man, they did they prove a, us wrong. They don't need a mouthpiece whatsoever. They proved whatsoever. us wrong. Um, next match on the card, um, Becky Lynch retains via DQ after she hits a ref with the chair. Very, very good booking because... Keeps both of them very strong. Keeps them both strong. looking very, very strong. And Sasha can eat... Or Sasha can get the W, but Becky doesn't lose the belt. Yes. And, you know... And Becky other, goes out on top. And the other stuff that happens after the match, you know... We've had discussions about Kevin Owens and how they want to make him the next Austin 316. It's Becky 316 right now. She's the one getting the fines. She's the one with the bloody face after Nia Jax breaks yeah. her nose. That's why uh, That's with the with the, w- the WWE 2K20. 2K20. Yeah. She is the man of WWE right now. And I love the fact that they put out this post 
of her having a $10,000 fine for striking a referee with a chair. I like that she had to disarm her not only over the railing. You want to know what? You want to know what she cares about that fine? Not a damn damn thing. thing. Exactly. Which is just like 316. Yes. And 316 used to just be stunners all over the place. She's putting disarmers wherever she can. On railings. On chairs. She doesn't care. She wants to rip your arm out of the socket. You know... She has probably one of the strongest submission finishers right now in the industry. And it's one of these things that has just happened naturally through her progression from being a lower mid-card you know, face to the man. And that's who she is right now. Even though I hate the tactic of a DQ finish because they've yeah. been using it a lot lately. Again, we're kind of skipping ahead. But they use it again and again and again. And I hate it. For her and for this match, it worked. It worked very well. Next match on the card, one again that we both got extremely wrong because we both had RKO, Randy, Keith, yeah. Orton going over in this match. And, and not only he does didn't. he not only does he hit the RKO, he doesn't finish Kofi with the RKO because RK, uh, Kofi Kingston is not stupid. He was very smart, got his foot on the rope to protect himself from a three count. It protects the RKO finisher because he's not kicking out of it. And then what does Kofi do? He hits the most dangerous move in the WWE right now, which is Trouble Trouble in Paradise, Paradise, because he is putting everybody down with that. Maybe the most dangerous. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But he has been been putting everybody down with that. He's been putting everybody down clean with that move. And essentially, he's now got... He doesn't have two wins over Randy Orton at this point, but this feud has to be over because, you know, he gets a clean victory. At the and last pay per view, double DQ, yeah, he had or the, du- the double, double count out. It, it just seems like I hated the finish of that match. I love the finish of this match. I almost feel like this has to end here because if you really wanted to book this properly and maybe have Kofi chase again, you would have had both um, the revival and Randy Orton go over and then have the, the entire New Day, New Day chase. chasing at this point. But things happen on SmackDown. The world is a changing when it comes to uh, that WWE title picture. Oh yeah, it is big time. Um, you got this one right, and I got this one wrong. Roman Reigns gets beat by Eric Rowan. He doesn't get beat by Eric Rowan. He gets, he gets beaten by Eric Rowan and, and Luke, Luke Harper. Harper, a man who I thought the entire time was working with Eric Rowan when it came to all these surprise attacks. I'm and pretty stuff sure. Like I don't that. think we talked about it on, no, we didn't. on podcast, was, but you and I have had this discussion yes. where we think Luke Harper was going to be one of... We thought that Luke Harper was going to be the original attacker. Yes, yes. But we didn't think that he was going to come out now, but it works. Yes. It really works. It does. And I'll tell you something right now. It was a great, you know... You know, no holds barred match. It was all over the arena. You again, you had the whole swing arm thing. You had shots all over the place. You had Roman setting up for that monster spear coming down, and then Luke Hopper hits him with a boot, and they end that match. And it was great to see Eric Rowan get a fall over a big name in this industry. He's yeah. not getting a fall over some kind of jobber like because, what they're doing with some of the other tag yeah, teams. Yeah, when when they were part when they were the Bludgeon Brothers, they were getting falls over jobbers. Yes. And they held those belts for a little while. But then they lost the belts to the New Day because Harper got injured. Yes. I think it is very important that these guys can get W's over huge names. Even if they're in some kind of shenanigans. Yeah, because these guys have never gotten the proper treatment. No. Because even when they were part of the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt wasn't getting the right treatment. No. So and let alone them too. Yeah, and they were, they were just... 
I, we're going to talk about Eric Rowan, and I'm going to keep calling him Eric Rowan. He's not Rowan anymore. It's because they're both Eric Rowan and, and Luke, Luke Harper. Harper. They, they have their first names. They back. have their first, and they have their last names. Yeah. And the big thing is, he cuts an interview with Michael Cole on SmackDown. It's really good. It's so good. And I love the way he's calling out the WWE, but he's not calling out the WWE. Yeah, it's it, kind of it's kind of under the radar, just throwing throwing the name in there without actually shooting. Yes, at him. yeah, not a true shoot because shoot season is open. Um, oh yeah, it is. Something we'll mention later. Oh yeah, yes. it is. Final match of the night. Okay, Rollins retains, but he retained not after one, not, not after, after two, two, not, not after, after three. three. But, but four, four stomps, stomps and, and a pedigree. Yes. That just keeps Strowman super strong because you have to think about it. After the first two stomps, they were kickouts at one. Not oh, two, yeah. one. Okay? He had to use a pedigree and a fourth stomp to keep Strowman down. And to me, the highlight as far as in-match event was Strowman flying off the top rope. Oh, yeah. That splash was incredible. And to show that he has... This is a callback to, like, Andre the Giant before he was with the WWE. Because if you ever watched the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO, they talk about how he could actually do moves off the top rope early in his career. When he got to WWE, he put on a lot of weight. He was just this lumbering beast that nobody could pin and nobody could take down. And then Hogan slams him, whatever. But... To see Strowman coming off that top rope, man, I would not want to be lying flat on my back on the mat. Because, no, man, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. It's unbelievable. But the night ends like it should have. The Fiend comes out. And, I'm and it was really, Josh really good. Just, so oh. I, I had this thought over the week. And I really, over just thinking about it recently... I thought originally that the fiend was getting shoved down our throats the same way that Baron Corbin was getting shoved down our throats. Okay. But thinking about it recently, the way they're booking the fiend, they're booking it faster than we originally thought they would, but they're booking it better than they we originally thought they would. Well, no. The way I had the fiend booked is way better than the WWE had it booked. I had him taking out all the legends that, you know, had wronged him in the past, giving him almost like an eight month build before you stop putting a title on this guy. Because like True. I said last week, they really missed a golden opportunity with The Undertaker. And especially with what happened on Raw, yeah. They missed a really big opportunity because I mean you opened up Monday Night Raw, you have Rollins and you have Mr. Wyatt you know, I'm going to call him that instead of Mr. That's Rogers. A really, that's it's, a really good. It's Mr. Wyatt. And you have them having this back and forth via the Firefly Funhouse. Man, that's a tongue that's twister. That's a tongue twister. Firefly Funhouse. So you have this kind of back and forth. And then later on in the night, you have Mr. Wyatt showing these pictures that he's put up on the wall of everybody he's taken out. And don't tell me that an image of The Undertaker with two red X's over his eyes and that little line through his mouth wouldn't have fit that wall perfectly, oh, es- especially after he puts another picture of Seth Rollins on, and then at the end of the night, the next picture he could add to the wall, and we'll talk about that because Raw went off the air, and Raw ran off the air the right way, and it put The Fiend in the correct position because, like you said, does it feel like they're rushing him a little bit? Maybe. But they're striking while the coal is hot because everybody is talking about the fiend, and I'm not yeah, talking there's, about. There's there's only a few things that the IWC are continually talking about. Yes, and that's undisputed era, which we're going to talk about later, and the fiend. 
and and AEW. AEW is opening, and I'll tell you something right now. AEW's got to find their answer to this guy. Oh yeah, they because do. oh man, the fact that he basically has an an open. Think of a chef having everything that they could possibly want in front of them to cook whatever meal that they want. That's what that is what Bray Wyatt has right now. He has so much at his disposal, and it's so great that everyone is just stepping out of the way and saying, "You know what? Let's see what you can do with this." Bray, this is working. Yeah. Keep going. Just keep doing it, and it's nice that McMahon is just staying out of the way, and it's nice that Bray is able to take his jabs and shove $100 bills down Devil McMahon's mouth. It is just great to see this stuff happening, and you go from this awesome opening on Raw with Rollins and Mr. Wyatt to the Tag Team Summit. Like, what? We were talking about burying your tag teams. Like, you know, the Revival go over the New Day, right? Huge match at Stro- uh, glorious show-offs go, go over, over Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Yes, and then and then Braun Strowman lays all four out. Yeah, one man takes out four superstars who are all holding titles. If I was in the WWE right now and I was in a tag team, I don't want the tag team championships. You're gonna bury me with those things. I would enjoy my catering. Yeah, I'm gonna eat my catering. I am gonna be. Um, I'm gonna eat my catering and collect my paycheck. I'm gonna be in the colognes. Just let me eat my catering and sit in the back, and I can come down and do a little bit of a dance when, uh, uh, what's his name? No Way Jose. Yeah, No Way Jose. I'll come down and I'll dance with No Way Jose and eat my catering and just collect my check because if you're a tag team and you're trying to go for the belts, your biggest fear is you're going to get buried by someone like Braun Strowman who just comes out and just wrecked shop, made all four of those guys look stupid. That's what he did. Getting into uh, our next match, uh, you have the OC... Going over again on the uh, Viking Raiders and Alexander. And again, you have Alexander eating the fall in this match. And he's eating every fall. If this was a video podcast, you would have just seen me. Dave saw. I just took my headphones off. Had to take a deep breath. Because I am absolutely sick of WWE burying your former Cruiserweight champion and probably one of the best athletes on your entire roster. Not just champion, champions, because they've buried Buddy Murphy as well. Where's he doing? They're not doing anything with... Speaking of another one, we'll get to it on SmackDown, Mustafa Ali. Yep. Which, be it, he's in a program with someone who's absolutely on fire right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Two people that are absolutely on fire right now, but still, you're burying Cedric Alexander, who's a phenomenal talent, for what? Why is the why, question? Why couldn't Why couldn't Alexander get a pinfall over one of the Good Brothers? Like, why couldn't he get that pinfall? Carl Anderson could eat a pin. Yeah, he could have. I don't a think pin. Luke Gallows could right now. No, because Luke Gallows is that big guy. And I don't think AJ could, but I think Carl Anderson could eat a pin because Carl Anderson has eaten pins before. Because if you really, really think about it, over on SmackDown, they essentially had the same match, and the and the faces went over and it went the other way. Yes. So, um, there are two big highlights that I want to mention about this match. Ivar, what was what were those guys doing on the outside? Nobody caught him. Yeah, he went flush. He went flush to the floor. I could I could feel the earthquake 
from my house because he hit. And that show was like in the south. Yeah, he hit hard. He hit. He was the he was the cause of Dorian. Yeah, man, <laughs> he hit very hard. And then the other thing too is I'm really starting to like that Styles Clash from the second rope. It's so devastating because the, they gave Cena the nickname of the Super AA. Yeah, when he did it off the second rope. This could be the Super Styles Clash. Yeah, man, I like it. I like the way that it. Uh, it's 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 solid. Yes, it's very solid. It's, it's um dangerous. It's 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 very dangerous. If it's ab- not done right. It's, no, you think about like um who was that dummy that used to come out with Carmella? Um, James Ellsworth. Yes, you you ever imagine see, him eating that? You have, no, you ever see the highlight of where he tucked his head wrong? Yeah, and I did. AJ Styles had to land on his knees because he would have broken his neck. I mean, as long as someone knows how to take the Styles Clash, you'll be fine. But man, that is that that move. That is a match ender. A hundred percent out of a hundred out of a hundred times. One hundred percent ends a match every time. It has to because yeah. it's so it's so impactful. So we were talking about earlier about some of the most dangerous wrestling moves going on right now, and I think actually, ironically, it's next. Oh, we were talking about yes the uh, trouble, trouble paradise, paradise, the super styles clash, yes, and then our. Lord and Savior, King Corbin. Yes. I Bad take on my part because I didn't think this was going to end very well with oh, him. Oh, my he, Lord. It's good. He's he's good. He's good. And, man, do I have some booking for you guys when we he's get to SmackDown. He's going to piss people off. Yes. Which is exactly what he needs to do. Yes. And that may be the best end of days I have ever seen. And I would like to say... The end of days is probably the most protected finisher in all of sports entertainment right now. Okay, I, again, the tr- the trouble in paradise to me has really started to ramp up because nobody's kicking out of it, but nobody's ever kicked out of the end of days. Yeah, and the way he hit Gable with that thing, didn't Gable like come like, like off the ropes or something, swinging around his body, and then he just brought him up, swing, smash, match over, match over. King Corbin has now become part of the history of King of the Ring winners. And, and once King again, Corbin has become in the history of the Baron Corbin nicknames. Yes, yes. Because we had Constable Corbin, then we had Applebee's Corbin, and we had Assistant General Manager Corbin, and then we had the Lone Wolf Corbin, and then we had Bald Corbin, and now we have King Corbin. Yes. Well, I'll tell you something right now. Corbin has been an awesome heel. Oh, yeah. He's been a, he's been a great heel. I don't think he's been a face. No, he's I don't think he can be a no, face. No, he can't be a face. And you want to talk about like all-time heels, right? Like when it when it comes to mind, who is an all-time heel to you? If I was to say all-time heel, but I'm going to I'm going to say it just because of when I started watching wrestling. Okay. Was Umaga. Okay. Yeah, Umaga was such a dangerous heel. He 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 came out and again, this is kind of when I, that's kind of when I fell out of WWE. To me, growing up, nobody, nobody exuded being a heel better than Jake the Snake Roberts. Speaking of Jake, we'll talk about this after after the show. But there's a movie that Jake the Snake Roberts in that I think you'd really like. I'll okay. a- I'll I'll tell you about it after the show. Okay. But um, I'll just say it right now. It's called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. It's a wrestling movie. It's a very very good movie. We'll talk about it after the All show. Right. But continue what you're saying about Man, Jake. Nothing terrorized me more than that time when Jake the Snake Roberts had. Randy Savage. You know, I've seen. I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. Tied up in the ropes, and he six. He gets his snake out, and gets him to just 
bite Randy Savage and just hang on. And it's just that little trickle of blood that you've never seen in WWE before. Because you got to remember, that wasn't the Attitude Era WWE. That was like the 80s, right? That was 80s WWE. Nobody really bled at that time. It was very passe because you had all these superheroes. You had Hulk Hogan and you had Sergeant Slaughter and Macho Man. Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan. You had all these super, super faces. And then you had this super heel in Jake the Snake Roberts. And the best thing about Jake the Snake Roberts, it's just watch some of the, or talk to him. Listen to his Joe Rogan experience stuff. It's an unbelievable interview with him and Joe Rogan. And that's a shout out to Joe Rogan because I love that. That's a great, great podcast. You know, I've never listened to the Joe Rogan You experience. have to listen to it. But th- there's an interview with Jake the Snake Roberts. And he talks about like the way that he used to get ready when he go out to the ring. He'd take a drag of a cigarette. He'd take a swig of something to drink. He'd grab his sack, throw it over his shoulder with his snake in it, and he'd walk out to the ring. And you want to talk about a protected finisher? His DDT was super protected. I don't think anybody ever kicked out of his DDT. Now, hot take on this. Okay. Would a character like Jake the Snake Roberts, a super, super heel like that, work in today's WWE? I think so. I think if you get him just attacking faces after faces after faces... And what character and what wrestler could pull off a character like that? Bray Wyatt. Exactly. That's where I was looking for. Okay. That Bray Wyatt could be this super heel character. Yes. But the thing is... The crowd love him. Exactly. He's not a tweener. It's something that we mentioned last week. It's a heel that everybody loves. Yes. Like the Undisputed Era... Bianca Belair to a point, Io Shirai, because yep. Io gets chairs. Shayna Baszler is hated, so yes. she is a heel that everyone hates. The Forgotten Sons, the Forgotten Sons are hated. Are hated. Imperium is a heel that everybody loves. Yes. Although you, they work so well as heels. Yes, and again, we're going to we're gonna tie in something we talked about last week with something we're talking about right now. We talked about The Undertaker's first ever event. He came out as a heel. Yeah. When did Undertaker turn face? I don't know. I wasn't born yet. Okay. It's when he pinned Jake the Snake Roberts for his second WrestleMania victory. Okay. Because Jake the Snake Roberts was a heel at that time, and Undertaker went over him. And that's when he became a face. Now, don't get me wrong. Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. Very different. Very different, but on very similar trajectories. Because they both fit that ominous, spooky character who could play face if they have to play heel if they have to but they're gonna always be stuck in that little tweener category where we're cheering him but man are we wrong for cheering this guy yeah exactly so, like this guy is choked out and mandible clawed all of our favorites like he's knocked out seth rollins he's knocked out kane he's knocked out kurt angle why do i like this guy yeah why why do we why do we like him so i really like i really like what they've done with corbin I like him as the heel champ, uh, king of the ring. I would really like, you know, the draft's coming up. Yeah. Everyone's talking about how the wild card, wild card rule is dead. is dead. You know what? I think Move, Corbin should just say, bounce around. screw it and just bounce around and be like, oh, you're someone that's doing something cool. Let me go out and piss you off, eat your finisher, and then that's it. That's it. And then maybe build a, a match or something. Maybe have him interrupt or cost somebody a match that builds to like maybe a an opening god. match oh my god imagine imperium's out in the ring and he comes doing out doing their huge promo and all that and his music hits he comes out and just eats, eats. a chop yes eats a power bomb eats the uh european 
uh, European the bomb. Cup. Yeah, with the power European bomb. bomb that, oh. that they actually named it the European bomb. Oh, yeah. God, imagine that. But I think that's how they should use him. I'm not telling WWE, if anybody from there is listening to us, thank you. But I'm not telling you guys to keep the wild card rule. What I'm telling you is give Corbin this opportunity to just bounce from brand and to brand to brand. give solely Corbin. Don't give anybody else. Yeah. Just give Corbin because he's king. And just let him do whatever. Don't use him as a main villain or antagonist like you were no. doing with Rollins. No, 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 no. Just have him come out, piss somebody off maybe in the second hour of Raw or the last... 20 minutes of SmackDown where... Before you get to the main event, that little dead spot. Yeah, that, uh, that, that pee break. Yes. Get him in there. Get him pissing somebody off. Maybe eating an Alice the Black, Black Mass. Do things like that. Yeah. That's what he's going to be good for. Now we go from probably one of my favorite things that happened on Raw. So one of the weirdest... Oh, my God. So we're going to fly right through this because I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. But WWE is bringing in a Maury-esque aspect with a baby daddy situation. Mike Kanellis' kid... In quotes, might not be his because it could be either Ricochet, who is one of the best players in the WWE right now, one of the best uh, faces in WWE right now, and one of the best athletes, is now apparently uh, uh, Maria Kanellis' boy toy. Oh, wait, no, it's not Ricochet. That was just to embarrass you. Now it's the Bulgarian brute, Rusev. They're bringing Rusev back into a baby mama segment. It's... I don't want to cuss, but I effing hate this. I mean... It is stupid. You kind of buried three people in this. You buried Mike Kanellis. You got Ricochet tied up into it, and he's kind of getting buried. And you bring Rusev right into one of the dumbest storylines. I thought this was over. I thought after she lost a 24-7 championship, I thought this was over. Nope. Let's be dumb. But you know what the best part of this whole thing was? Titus Worldwide! No. Oh, okay. Rusev has a mustache. Yeah, but I had a better one. Okay. He had a Joey Ryan stash. He had an Eric uh, Buhayden mustache. The it was Bukes. ridiculous. The Bukes now, Bukes. we mentioned this earlier. Well, we didn't mention it in the show. We were talking about this earlier. Um, we want to start a GoFundMe, possibly, where if we start this GoFundMe and if we reach a certain amount uh, of money, and all trust me, all the money would go back into the show, just so you guys are aware, we're going to get Dave to shave his beard or mustache into something. And I have something that I'm going to show him afterwards. And if he agrees to it, we will do it. All right. I'm Listen, I'm game for anything. So after that, we had a couple of, uh, there were a couple, they were spread out throughout the night, but we'll just talk about them all now. Mayor Kane defeats R-Truth. I know. For the 24-7 championship. I know. Knoxville County. Knoxville May- County, Tennessee Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Is a 24-7 champion. And it's great. It it's phenomenal. Pin, pins him right on the football field of the Tennessee Volunteers. It was great. Um, and then he loses it less than ten minutes later. It's 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 very good. Yes, I be good. Twenty four seven championship. One of the best things happening. Oh and, yeah, and, and it's, it's because Arthur's riding it. Yes, that's him, the sole reason why yes. it's so good. And he and he does so many weird skits, and it works out so well. So I'm and enjoying the crap out of that. Up next. We had probably one of two of the best competitors in all of wrestling right now, Rey Mysterio and Cesaro, go one on one in a absolute barn burner of a yes. match. These are two guys. There's always been the um, commentary about people like Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair. You give them a broom or you give them a mop, and they can get a three star match out of it. These guys can get match. a three star match out of it, of course, because both of these guys know how to work and not make the other guy look weak. Yeah, like they know how to take a take a victory. And while taking the victory, the other guy can still look strong. And they don't miss spots. 
and everything's clean and everything's fluid. I mean, how many 619 attempts did Rey Mysterio go for that Cesaro kind of just caught him and started whipping him around like a, yeah, like like a, a rag bag doll. of potatoes? It's just like a five-pound bag of potatoes just swinging him around like a maniac. It was, it was awesome. And the finish, that like coming off the top rope, he gets caught up, and then he does like a like almost almost like a, a uh, power a Canadian dr- uh, yeah, destroyer can, yeah, kind of thing. Canadian destroyer, and it was just, just a, such, such a great way to end the match. Yeah, it was really good. And I don't know if it's a European thing. I don't know if it's a um, a weight class thing, but it seems like a lot of these European wrestlers who the WWE have, whether it's a Finn Balor, whether it's a Pete Dunne, whether it's an Alistair Black, whether Cesaro. it's Cesaro, these guys know how to make their opponents look strong even when their opponent is taking a clean pinfall. Yeah. And and, and it's great to see. It, it One really specifically is. happened in, uh, in, in NXT. NXT this past week, yes. but we'll talk about this. Yes. Um, into Bliss versus, uh, well, Bliss and Cross versus the Boston Hug Connection. And you were saying earlier that you had a name for this whole Bliss and Cross tag team. I did, but then I thought about it as I was looking at it here, and it, it doesn't fit. Okay. Um, I had it as Psycho Bliss. Okay. Because it kind of, it's like, it's an oxymoron. Yep. So it kind of fit. But you were mentioning like earlier to me about how they always have coffee mugs and such like that. Yeah. So I'm going to come back next week. And I will have a banger of a tag team name. Okay. I feel like that's going to be a goal of mine, is whenever a new tag team comes up, like I came up with the Glorious Show Off. Yes, you did. That was a great tag team name. Yes. I need to come up with great tag team names for teams that don't have tag team names. Yes. Um. And if I come up with something and I say it before, or I don't say it before they actually get a tag team name, it doesn't count. Okay. All right. So, Rude and Ziggler don't have a tag team name They right are now. the Glorious Show Offs. They are? No, no, that's what they're going oh, well, to be. Yeah. I don't care what they get called by the WWE, yeah. they will forever be the glorious show-offs. Yeah, so that's I will it. come up with something for them. So, one big thing um, about this match is this match almost kind of got booked the way that you were talking yeah. about the match at um, Clash of Champions could have happened because Bliss pretty much got taken out of this match. It was a two-on-one handicap match at a certain point, and uh, Cross took a, took a fall, and, you know, at the end of the day, your tag team champions have another loss, but they still retain their titles. The The weird thing is, um, I don't know how closely you follow social media. Um, I actually did see this. I think I think this. you mentioned this to me earlier. Yeah, because and, and, and I brought it up about live shooting. Yeah. Like we were talking about, like, it's shooting season. Yeah. Um, Alexa Bliss, What's on her Instagram, posted a video of her doing the no i think it was just an image man no it was a, it was a video it was i a just video? i just watched it before okay. the show okay um of her doing the like tumbly roll onto sasha and bailey and Sa- bailey took the brunt of it and sasha, sasha didn't just make any stuck attempt. her arm out didn't make any attempt to try to catch her and, and she landed hard on her tailbone yes and the big thing is so she puts this on instagram right and you get a a, a legend. A Hall of Famer. Alundra, Alundra Blaze. Blaze. One of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. Yes. Comes out and says, thank God for Bailey." And Alexa replies, I said the same thing. Because we all know Alexa's history with injuries when it comes to her neck and it comes to concussions. Yeah. I mean, she could have she could have landed straight on her tailbone outside the ring. and Spinal injury, that's her That's her career. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. We've, we've brought it up multiple times about different wrestlers. Sheamus. Yeah. Having huge huge issues with their spines and it's weird because i wouldn't have really said this was a shoot until banks's boyfriend steps in and says don't throw stones when you're in a glass house and i'll tell you something right now if you really look back at banks's career and i'm not saying she's unsafe 
But if you no, look back, I'm not at, saying that she's unsafe either. I'm not saying she's Nia Jax level of like being stiff and stuff like that. Where you know Nia Jax blew up. <laughs> I mean, she blew up Bailey's nose, or not Bailey? No, uh, no Becky Becky's Lynch. Lungs. Oh my god, Becky's nose. It, that was incredible. But think about this: she's had issues in the past with catching people off of moonsaults, in particular Charlotte Flair. She missed yeah. them multiple times in multiple matches. Yeah, on Mania too. Yes. And with Bliss in particular, back in NXT, they did have a little bit of a botch in which Bliss's face got exploded. Broken nose. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I think I do remember that. So, I mean, I'm not... Could this kind of be like one of them work shoots where it's the characters on Instagram who are talking back and forth to each other? I hope it's that. I hope because that's the way. I don't want to be catty, way. and I don't want none of the stupid storylines that come out from stupid cattiness. And yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there. So it, it, we want a safe work environment for these people because unfortunately, it's not you who's keeping yourself protected inside the ring. It's the competitor on the other side. And no matter how stiff somebody strikes you or how hard you hit, it's that person who has to take the catch. I mean, we'll hover back to the first match of the night with. You know, the Viking Raiders and Alexander versus the OC. Ivar took a very hot fall off oh, that yeah, top Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, very yeah, he landed fall. straight on his back. Nobody caught him, man. Nobody. And I understand that's a big boy, and a lot of people don't want to catch him, but you've yeah. got you've got to brace him a little bit. You've got to help him get to the ground. Yeah, you got to you got to slow him down a little bit. Be- Even if you just, like, kind of slow him down a little bit, then slip out of the way so yeah. you don't get the full brunt of it. Because... A, a, a talent like that, and we're going to talk about your favorite big man when it comes to tag teams later yeah. on, but a talent like that who's willing to take those types of dives, I mean, the big E dive scares me every time he takes it when he goes through the ropes. That's frightening. Yeah, and specifically because they're big men. They're not used to flying. They're no. not, they haven't trained in flying. Yeah. They just do it because it's showy. It's showy, and they know that someone's going to be safe, and they're going to catch him on the other Which, side. Which, be it, um, Hansen is known for flying because... In the Indies, when he was on ROH, he was known for something called 305 Live. Is when he did all these flippy, kind of cartwheely, jumpy, top rope moves and everything, off the top rope stuff. But in the Indies, they protected him a lot more because if you get hurt in the Indies, that could be your career. If you get hurt in the WWE, you just get a contract extension for the time that you're on the shelf. And they have doctors that they will give to you for very little to nothing. But if you're on the independent scene, you're done. Yes. Career and money gone. Yes. Yeah. Because that's a that's a life-altering thing if you get injured that way. But in the WWE, there's the doctors and everything that you can get paid for that way. Yeah. AOP. Yes. What a we'll promo. move right on to that. <sighs> we were talking about last week how AOP needed a voice. We were wrong. We were very wrong. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe, like, they cut so deep into the tag team division talking about how everybody's cowards and everyone's afraid to fight them and how people in mixed martial arts were afraid to fight them and they're going to come after the tag team division and they're just going to wreck shop and they're going to wreck everybody. And you know what? They're the type of guys who could do it. Oh, yeah. They're the type of guys who are just going to come out and they are going to ruin people and I want to see this. This is the AOP that I want to see. This is the AOP who is on NXT, who wrecked everybody. Now, do we get the Authors of Pain, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Authors of Pain? 
or do we get mafia esque mafia authors of pain because they're in they're in the blazers the white suits they got the dark background with just one white light some smoke and everything we need to get these guys like mafia members and you want to know who need to be with them Zelina Vega and Andrade. and Andrade. Yes. Because Cause everybody yo, put Andrade in a white suit with a black blazer and put Selena in a black dress and like almost make her look like Laura Croft. Oh my god, that would be the coolest looking faction. Yes. In the wrestling and, industry. And you'd have somebody who could kind of talk for them, and then you'd have them being able to do these sit-down interviews and vignettes where they're talking. Oh, and yeah. it would just be, it'd be so, so, so Yeah, and dangerous. if they needed somebody to talk, where if they were starting to struggle and getting through to the audience, Zelina Vega is one of the best on the mic right now. Yes, she is. Um, we have and our one f- of the best heels on the mic. Yes. Yes, she is. Uh, f- I think it's one of our first Hell in a Cell matches has been confirmed, right? Becky Lynch versus uh, Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell for the women's title? Yes, I think both have been confirmed. Both Hell in a Cell matches. Okay, what's the other one? Uh, Seth Fiend. Oh, it is a Hell in a Cell match? Yes. Okay, all right. So we have confirmation on um, on both Hell in a Cell matches so far. Um, I really like that this is going to be a blow-off match. I think uh, Banks can go over, but we'll do our fantasy booking in Hell in a Cell when we get when to Hell, Hell in a Cell. Cell comes up, yeah. Um, another weird women's match. Uh, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans versus Dana Brooke. Yeah, it was another women's match. It was kind of it was the pee break section. It was right before the main yeah, event of Raw, yep. which the main event was huge. Yes, Makes so you they come needed, back next week. They needed something to uh, kind of fill in that space. It was good. It was it's quality match. Dana Brooke is good. Yeah, Dana Brooke and is very I, good. And I like the fact that you have Evans like calling out Natalia yeah, and, and with the shot moves and such like that. Yeah, I think it was I was really good. I think maybe you can build. To maybe one or two more matches between the two of these. I think that's it, though. And, and Lacey and needs to go over both. with both. She has to go over with both. No 50-50 booking. Let Lacey Evans go over strong. Let Natalia be who she is, which is someone who can help pass the torch to the next generation of women superstars that you see could wear a title. And obviously the WWE thinks that Lacey Evans can win a title. And that's why they continue to push her the way they're pushing her. Where she's going over all these baby faces in a very strong manner. Because she made Dana Brooke look like like cannon fodder. She, she buried her pretty quickly. So now we're going to get into uh, the headliner. Yeah, this this was was definitely what Ron needed. Yes, just the way it went off. Um, Hobbering back to the whole DQ finish thing, I I think it's just kind of dumb. But Rollins is in a one-on-one match with Bobby Roode. Um, DQ finish because Ziggler comes in. Then all of a sudden you have the OC come down, and now it's a five-on-one. And whose music hits? I think it's really fitting considering where they were and who was in the show earlier. I don't think they tried to foreshadow it at all. No. And I don't think they even did foreshadow it at all. But No, because he was Glenn Jacobs the entire night. But when... Demon Kane Comes out. Devil's favorite demon, Demon Kane yep. Comes out, clears house. And... Saves Seth. Yes, yeah, Seth's in the corner of the ring. He's got his belt. He's all happy. And you know. then Demon Kane does his arm thing, trying to set fire to the ring. And then the lights go down, you hear laughing, you hear a screech, and who but the fiend is standing standing right behind Kane, lays the mandible claw, lays out Kane, who who Dave was talking about earlier, about the next hanger, uh, the next person hanging in the picture frame in the Firefly Funhouse being Kane, and then drops him, 
slides back on his knees, which apparently he has very slippery knees. Yeah. Because he can kind of slip around on his knees. Yeah. A lot of wrestlers have really slippery knees. Like, Tajiri was one of them. Mm-hmm. Anywho. And then he just crawls his way over in, in such, like, a ring fashion. <gasps> the ring. Yes. In such a really creepy horror movie fashion, just crawls his way over and just laughs in the face of Seth Rollins. Yeah, and Seth Rollins does not even make eye contact. He, he can't look looking, him in the eye. He's afraid. You can see his mouth open. He's, he's breathing heavy. He's, he's looking away. And I'll tell you something right now. And again, I'm going to continue to hover back on this until the WWE does it. You could have had, at this point in the Fiend's career, you could have had him put the mandible claw on Mankind, Finn Balor, Kane, and The Undertaker. They missed a huge opportunity last week. And the week. thing is, is, if you put the Universal title on The Fiend, which is what I think they're going to do, you could have had The Fiend versus The Undertaker for the Universal Championship at Survivor Series and The Fiend end The Undertaker's career right there. 30 years after it started. Yes. Would have been perfect. But they didn't. Alas. Oh, well. Fantasy booking. But I like the way Raw went off the air with all the distorted noises of the Firefly Funhouse. And, oh, that was very eerie. Very, very, um, Wes Craven. Yeah. Very Wes Craven with, oh, yeah. with a new nightmare or a nightmare on Elm Street. It was very, very, very creepy. And I loved it. I loved every moment of it. So, I'm not a huge horror movie fan. Oh, like, I love horror movies, but, like, I have, I'm very deep sleeper, but I'm a big dreamer. So, like, I get hit with nightmares quite often. Oh. So, I try and avoid watching horror movies, but I love watching thrillers. Yeah. Like, I won't watch a horror movie like Annabelle or The Ring or anything like that, but a, th- a good slasher, like Nightmare on the M Street, um, uh, Jason, Friday, Friday the, the 13th, 13th, Michael Myers, Michael Myers, Halloween. Halloween, any of that cool stuff. Even uh, Silence of the Lambs. Okay. I'm looking at my pop collection behind him. Um... I'll watch that stuff because that's just really, really good thriller. This is just creepy. This is straight up horror. This is something like... This is out of a Stephen King novel. 100%. All I can think about is The Shining with Jack Torrance. Yeah. Jack Torrance. Not the movie. I'm talking about the book. So anybody out there who's ever read the book or hasn't read the book... It's very... Anybody out there who has not read the book, it is very, very... I'm raising my hand. I haven't read the book, okay, but it, I don't read. It's it's very different from the movie with Jack Nicholson because what ends up happening is he doesn't try to... He has a point in which he's going to try to kill his son, Danny. And it's not in a hedge maze. He's got him trapped in a... Actually, in the Oval, Overlook Hotel. And versus an axe, he's got a croquet mallet. And the demon that's kind of coming out of him is trying to make him kill his son. But he takes a croquet mallet and he smashes in his own face to protect his son so his son can escape. And that's when the Overlook explodes. It's a lot different than in the movie where Jack Torrance is this absolute demon and he's hunting his family down and here's Johnny. and he's, It's just so, so creepy. And that's what, that's what the end of Raw just reminded me of. Very, very eerie. Very eerie, you know. I can just imagine how many little kids that are wrestling fans are going to go around. Aren't sleeping at night, but around Halloween time 
are going to go out as the fiend. I got two of them. Yeah. I got two little doinks who are going to do it. Oh, God. It's going to be... They're going to go out as whatever... My son will probably go out as Mr. Wyatt, and my daughter will be the fiend. Or your son will go out as the fiend, your daughter will go out as Sister Abigail. And I'll go out as Mr. Wyatt. That would be really good. All right. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i post some stuff on the double doink once we get those Halloween and you costumes know what? put together. You know what? If I, uh, if I join you for that, imagine... I can go out as another character from that whole... I could go out as... Uh, what's the pig's name? Husky Harris. Husky Harris. Oh, I could go man. out as Husky Harris the pig. Oh, man. That'd All be right. funny. Let's move on. Smackdown. Smackdown Live. And like we were talking about how the opposite of the t- uh, Sick Man tag happened, it opened the show. New Day went over FDRKO. Yeah. Which... Most de- okay. Most devastating finisher. Trouble in Paradise, yeah. Trouble in Paradise, end of the went match. Went on uh, Dasher Dawson? Uh, that went over on Dawson. Oh, Dawson. Yeah, Dawson took the fall. Which, again, that's that's where your Carl Anderson falls in. You yeah. could have taken a pinfall. And, yep. But I think I think it's almost like that reverse booking. Like, you have it happen on one show, you got to do it the other way on the other show. Yeah. So, and who comes out afterwards? The music hits. Dun. 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 dun, dun. Oh, oh, so good. I love it. Brock Lesnar comes out and challenges Kofi Kingston. No. Yeah. Paul Heyman yeah. challenges Kofi Kingston. To a match against Brock Lesnar on the first Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, Kofi accepts and eats an F five for his troubles for the hell of it. Just what because, I, because. What's hell? Just, woo, woo. And I'll tell you Send something. Right, I'll tell you something right now. We, we were talking Clash of Champions. What do you do with Randy Orton? What do you do with the title picture? I like the whole FTR KO thing. Um, I don't think Randy Orton's going to get another real chance right now. At Kofi Kingston because Lesnar's taking the belt off of him. Yeah, has to. You and and Lesnar. The only way he can't is if he gets himself disqualified or it's some count out or some funky ending. It, he's gonna take the belt. He has to. I I don't want to see Kofi go over on Lesnar. I'm sorry. I, you know, there's there's matches that you believe can happen. You can believe people winning certain matches. I honestly cannot believe. Kofi Kingston going over Brock Lesnar because look at all the guys who Lesnar's kind of been buried by recently. I mean, yeah. I mean, Braun Strowman couldn't even get Lesnar down. Yeah, I mean, sorry the the a lot of the big guys that you think could take down Lesnar haven't. No. Roman Reigns did, but there After was the a, multiple opportunities. Yeah, Seth Rollins is really the only guy who's Seth got like a winning did. record over. Yeah, um, and Finn this, Balor couldn't. No, Samoa Joe couldn't. Nope. Braun, uh, Brock Lesnar couldn't. Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. Braun, Le- uh, Braun, Braun Strowman, Strowman couldn't. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's okay. Break. Daniel Bryan couldn't. Yeah. So all these guys that are huge names in the E just can't take down a part timer. Nope. Nope. And but I don't think Kofi Kingston could take down a part timer. He's. I. I like him as a part timer. I like. I like what they're doing with him. And you want to speak about another big guy? Eric Rowan. Oh, that sit-down interview was so good. It was really, really it good. It was so good. I like how he's just basically saying he's not a goon. He's not a background player. He wants people to realize how dangerous Eric Rowan is. And then Michael Cole steps in and goes, well, what about Luke Hopper? Don't talk to me about Luke Hopper. I'm not Luke Hopper. Go talk to Luke Hopper about Luke Hopper. I am Eric Rowan. I am no goon. He he was. He's such a good talker. I'm oh, so yeah. happy they've put a mic in front of him. They've allowed him to do what... What he was never allowed to do with any of the factions he was ever in. He couldn't do it in the Wyatt family because the talker in the Wyatt family was Bray. Bray Wyatt. He couldn't do it with Daniel Bryan when they were doing the whole eco powers because 
right? Um, because Daniel Bryan was the talker. He didn't do it in the Bludgeon Brothers because none of them really talked. But if yeah. you ever noticed the tag exchanges, he would tag Luke, Luke Hopper's hand. Luke Hopper would just straight up slap him in the face. Yeah. And it was just, you could always see he was almost playing second fiddle in every kind of role he was ever in. And it's kind of good to put him put them on equal platforms. Yes. They're both standing equally. They're both equally dangerous. And that is just really, really, really nice. And it's good to see a big powerhouse goon who Rowan is, who is a true heel because the crowd will never cheer him. He'll be the guy that you can get heels to go over on him and you can get faces to go over on him and he can bury either one of them if he wanted to, which is oh, yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Um, Speaking of another heel. Oh, my God. These guys are great. <sighs> Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn lay out Mustafa Ali and again burying our 205 Live guys. This I don't find as a burial. And the reason why I don't find it as a burial is I really think it's a callback to a couple of weeks ago when Mustafa Ali got a clean win yeah. over Shinsuke Nakamura. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't put in the Intercontinental Championship picture. I think this is how Mustafa Ali gets into the Intercontinental Championship picture. Because realistically, he should have actually been in the WWE Championship picture until Randy Orton broke his orbital socket. Yeah. And knocked him out of competition, and then Kofi Kingston had to step in. Because honestly, you know... This could be where Kofi Kingston is standing right now. Yeah, he could be in the situation instead of Ali. Ali and Ali could be champion. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I mean, because Ali was going to get that push. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate because Ali, you know, you you never want injuries to really sideline somebody. But I like I like this idea of him versus Nakamura. They're very similar body types. They wrestle very yeah. similar. Um, Nakamura is a little bit more of a striker, ma- striker, and, and Ali uh, flips Ali's a around a little bit more. But I think it's going to be a very good match. Going from a you know a good angle to something I think is a pretty poor angle. You've got Owens suing Shane McMahon for twenty five million dollars and the right to fire Shane McMahon from the WWE if he wins this wrongful termination suit. I mean, for a while you know we got a buddy Matt and you were kind of talking up Kevin Owens as the next Austin three sixteen and having his feud with a McMahon. And you know what, Austin three sixteen would have never sued. Vince McMahon, he would have came out to the ring, kicked him in the gut, hit him with a stunner, and poured some beer on him. And that's it. This is a poor, poor way to build up a baby face that you're trying to fight the authority. I'm sorry. So, I agree with every single thing you've said. Kevin Owens is one of my favorite wrestlers. And they are treating him like a child. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a spoiled child. Ugh. And I hate what they're doing to him. Yep, yep. So let's just move on before I get any more sad. Okay, well, you're about to get sad because now you have Charlotte Flair winning a match with a DQ finish over Sasha Banks in which Bailey got involved. More disqualifications. More disqualifications. And here's the weird thing is before the match, you have a backstage segment in which Ric Flair is backstage. Isn't he suing the WWE right now? He's suing Becky Lynch. Like, come on. What's he doing backstage? I'll tell you something right now. You want to know how Randy Orton gets back into the title picture? Ric Flair wins that lawsuit, and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're going to let Randy Orton be the all-time leader in world championship reigns. Even over Cena? Even over Cena. I think Cena is... um. I think Cena's done being kind of a full-time wrestler or being in title pictures. I, I think, think he, he's going to be like one of those come back and hang out sometimes guys. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a guy who comes back, he he eats a mandible claw from um 
from the fiend or something oh, like yeah, that yeah, to kind of bury that. the good Cena. Bury every ha- time happy Cena. Yeah, happy Cena. And then every time he comes back after that, it's Doctor Thugonomics, and he does his little heel turn thing. You know, that's what I'm kind of hoping for from Cena going forward. But the fact that Ric Flair was backstage was kind of weird. And I and again, the DQ finish. I'm sick of DQ finishes in the WWE, especially when it has to do with you're letting these matches go six, seven, eight, ten minutes, and then all of a sudden the DQ finish happens. Like just because you got DQ finish, it should happen within the first three minutes. You shouldn't let it go to a commercial no, then DQ finish. No, you shouldn't. And then the other weird dynamic in this is you bring Carmella out to make the save. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely asinine. It's it's so random that she it doesn't fit is out there. No, it does it doesn't fit. If anybody, it should be Becky. What about Oscar? Yeah, okay, yeah, because where Asuka is Oscar? Eating catering. It's sad. It really is because Oscar was given this entire mystique when she was brought up to the main. Like no one's beaten her. No one has beaten her. And then she lost. Charlotte beat her. And then the mystique died. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's very sad. Um, going from something really negative to something super positive. The crowning of the king of the ring. Yeah, it was Baron really Corbin getting his entire dress up, getting his crown, his scepter, getting all his stuff. It was really, really, really good. Just and to get it all destroyed. That's what made it even better was the fact that Chad Gable is not a throwaway piece. It seems like they're building to something with Gable. And to me, I honestly hope it's a mid-card title. I want to see him end up on like NXT or NXT UK fighting, maybe even fighting for the US championship. Just I want to see a mid-card title on Chad Gable because I think he deserves it for the amount of time that he's done with the WWE, the amount of bad booking they've given him over the years. Considering he was put into two or the same really good tagged or two tag teams. One really, really good one in American Alpha. Yep. Which once they held the belts, they just did nothing with the belts. Yeah. They are amazing chasers, but the, once they had the belts, they're just not good. And then when Jason Jordan went over to Raw because he's Kurt Angle's kid, Coco Kurt, um, stick him with Shelton Benjamin and then have Shelton Benjamin turn heel on him just months later. Yeah. And I mean, they also did the, um, if you remember, they did the whole um, Bobby Roode thing. Uh, where they were a tag team together. Yeah. And that uh, was pretty good too. But again, it just do something with him because he is a unbelievable talent in the WWE and putting a mid card title would be really nice on him as yeah, a Yeah. He deserves even, it. Even if he's just a transitional champion and like we talked about a couple of weeks heel ago. Heel to heel and he's the one that gets it in the and middle. And he's the one who gets it in the middle. Correct. Yeah, I can see that, but still just give him the belt, let him roll run with it for a month and a half and have him drop it at a pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, speaking of transitional champions in the future, here's your boys. Listen, they're not going to be transitional champions. They're going to hold those belts for longer than the New Day. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just really hopeful because I love heavy machinery. Oh, man. I have been toting heavy machinery since they came into NXT. I'm like, these guys are great. Yes. But they I thought they were going to be. Act. They did, and I hate it, but I love it at the same time oh, because they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Otis is wearing only trunks now. I know. I miss the singlet. And it's absolutely great. I miss no, the singlet. No, let Tucker wear the singlet because Tucker's the 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 monster. He's the he's the big guy in the back. Okay. But Otis is just the goofball. He's the fun one. He's the one that does the caterpillar and the leg drop. And then he did like some some sexy some and I know a dancing, shimmy, which is absolutely shimmy. phenomenal because he saw all the memes and it worked out so well. Yes. 
give heavy machinery a push. I am demanding it. WWE, I will send this to you directly. I will send this directly to your writing. I'm going to at you. We, yeah, I'm going to at you in this episode. We want heavy machinery as the tag champions. They beat the B team. They deserve those belts because B team has been champions. Yeah. Heavy machinery has not. Give them the belts. They're the new number one contenders. Gosh darn it. Well, they're burying the rest of the tag team division. Just give it to them. Yes. Let it, them have fun with it. Exactly. Now, we're going to go, hold them for just two weeks and then yeah. give it back to somebody else. Yeah. Who cares? Get, how's this? Have them win it and then drop lose, it the next night. Lose it to the AOP. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. want to go heel to heel? They're your transitional champions because I think the AOP are large enough to actually handle these two big boys. I could do that, yeah. So that's that's how you. And get- then when the AOP drop to a face, it's going to be small faces. Yes, because they need to be like uh, David and Goliath. Correct. So yeah, WWE, we're doing your booking for you. There okay. you go. Yeah, we're not even getting paid for it. So. You're welcome. And then speaking about a couple other big boys, oh. Harper and Rowan. Uh uh-uh. uh Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Call them by their names because that's okay. what they want to be called. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan lay out both Daniel Bryan and Reigns. And it was just glorious. Brian came out, cut a promo, really good promo. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying, "Stop cheering me! Stop cheering me! You were just booing me last week." Yeah. Um, Har- uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. I'm gonna call them Harper and Rowan. They are Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. When okay. I refer to them singly, they will be that. But okay. as a tag team, okay. it's their last names. Right. Well, like I, it's I, like I, it's Rollins and Strowman. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna still call them the Bludgeon Brothers as a tag team. Yeah. Just like I'm gonna call uh, the Viking Experience uh, War Raiders. War Raiders. Listen. And then the Glorious Showoffs. Anyway. They come out, uh, lay out Brian. Reigns comes in for the save. Doesn't work out. And Rowan and Harper send Brian through the uh, table. But when they're clearing off the table, man. they clear Corey Graves into the friggin' barricade. Yeah, man. They throw they threw everybody around. They just they, they didn't God. care. They, you know what? We're going to talk about the way that the next show went off the air with an image at the two-hour yes, mark. At the one-hour mark. No, the two-hour mark. The one-hour mark was great. The two-hour oh, mark yeah, was yeah, a yeah. little bit sloppy. This went off the air with an excellent image of all this destruction all around these two monsters standing over two of your biggest superstars. Again, we talked MVP about AJ Styles. One guy we forgot to bring up in that conversation is Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is an MVP of this company because, again, he can play your heels. He can play your faces. He can work the crowd. It doesn't matter. He is perfect in the role, and I and we cannot forget to appreciate Daniel Bryan because that's one of the best guys in the company. It was great to have him back and it's great to see him in the ring again. Oh yeah. So our Wednesday night show was uh, NXT and it was the actual, actually the first live NXT that they had. Uh, it opened up with uh, Triple H in a backstage vignette-ish. Oh, man. It almost looked like it was pre-recorded, but it turns out it was actually live Yes, because it was the first NXT live. Please don't call it NXT Live. Just call it NXT. Yes. And, and just for the first couple of weeks, call it NXT Live, but then bring it back to NXT. Yeah. And I'll tell you something right now. Uh, I'm going to call out a good friend of mine, okay. Brian Cavallo. Um, he gave me a lot of crap about putting Triple H in my top three wrestlers of all time. Uh, I have Hitman Hot up there. Okay. I have uh, Triple H. And then um, to me, you know, I look at, um, I like technical wrestlers. And yeah. I know he has a doc pass, but Chris Benoit is one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Of okay. All time. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Chris, but, uh, we're not going to talk a ton about him no. because there's there's a whole litany of darkness stuff. of yeah. stuff about that. But with, with Triple H, um, I stand by him being in my top three. Yeah. Because when that company was dealing with a ravage of injuries and The Rock taking his ball and going to Hollywood and stuff at that time for the Scorpion King and all that stuff, who was there? 
It was Triple H. He carried that company as a face. He carried that company as a heel. And right now, he is carrying the future of this company with NXT. And that opening promo that he cut to open up NXT Live is one of the best promos you could have ever asked the face of a wrestling organization to cut. Yeah. And I loved it. Every second of it. It was V-good. Yes. The first match of the night was Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair versus Io Shirai in a number one contendership match, which Candice LeRae won pinning Io Shirai, which was the best way you could go about it. And I'll tell you something right now. Shots have been fired at AEW. Oh, yeah, because we were two talking- weeks from now, the championship match between LeRae and Baszler will happen on NXT Live, and they're going to probably place it in the same time slot that the women's match For is AEW. happening on AEW to compete. And these two ladies are going to burn the house down. I'm going to tell you something. They fired some serious shots at AEW. Oh, yeah, first, of of all, first of all, their first live match for NXT is a fatal four-way match of all women wrestlers to basically show AEW what you got, guys, because we just put on a headlining match, a headlining match for a takeover pay-per-view as our opening match, and these women killed it. And the best part about this is after the match, you get Candice LeRae walking up the ramp, and who comes out? Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Marina Schaefer and Jessamyn Duke. Duke. They all come out, and it's this great dichotomy that you have, this clash of styles, this little diminutive Candice LeRae who flies around the ring, and she's a good striker, and she can flip and do all these stuff, and then this straight technical monster who can tap anybody out. And my favorite thing that you said off the air was about how the three of them women were looking at her, and she's, they're like, who's your backup? Who's going to come out and protect you? Oh, you're going to bring Johnny out here? We'll tap him out too, my friend. We'll tap him out because we don't care. It was so good. And then, so you have that match happen, and then you break into what I think was a perfect, what, 30 seconds? 10. Okay. I wouldn't even give it 30. The bell rang, one move went off, and then pinfall one, two, three. And we're talking about... Trevor uh, Trevor Lee, a.k.a. Cameron Grimes. Yes. I mean, he comes out. He's wearing that He has such little a hat. good look about him. Yes. And he's got a good he's got finisher. Plain black tights, that hat, that leather vest, and he just strips it and then just smashes you. And it was his his finisher is meant to be a, two, a double stomp, but he got one foot on it, and it looked even stronger that it was a single foot stomp. Yeah. And he... He doesn't. He may not be ready to be having these long matches yet in the. E. I don't think he's ready to be. Yeah, like you're saying, have these long matches. Even though he did put on a great oh, fight no, against no, ACH, no. he did. I just think that this is a great way to showcase some guys. Is get them yeah. out there, do some quick squash matches, and yeah, man, not even quick squash matches. One match we'll talk about later that put one guy really on the map. Yes, yes, but this is a great way to put somebody on the map. In a win. What we're yeah. talking about is somebody who went over in a loss. So, yeah. And then... Uh, the main event. The main event. Which you called but about it being the main event going into hour two. But we both talked about the UE being draped. 
and dripping. They're dripping in gold. Yes, they have and everything. And it fits it so well. And it's not how I thought it would end, but it ended the perfect way. Yes, because watching it back, I watched it live, and as it was happening- I watched it live as well. I'm like, oh my God, the dream's going to go over, and Strong's going to get kicked out of the UE. They're around the ring, and if he loses this match, they're going to jump him in the ring, and they're going to kick yeah. him out. I'm like, no, that's not, that can't happen. And you could feel it almost getting to that, because Dream hits the Dream Valley driver. He's going up to the top rope for the elbow. And then all of a sudden... And Kyle O'Reilly distracts the ref. Super eats a kick. super kick. Eats a second end of heartache. Oh, man. Pin one, two, three. And did you see the reaction on Adam Cole's face? Yeah. He looked like he was going to cry. Yeah. Because his dream. dream was fulfilled because the dream died. Yes. Oh, it was... The Velveteen dream died and the Undisputed Era's dream becomes... A reality. Golden. Yes, it's a true golden era for NXT. Now, which is the golden standard of the WWE. Yeah, because NXT is the gold golden brand. black. And I'll tell you something right now. I don't know how you build it. I know we have some thoughts about this faction that came over from UK. But man, who takes these titles off those four is going to be a very fun. It's how's this? It's going to be a very fun 2020. Because they're going to hold those titles going into 2020. So, yeah, I don't think they're losing those belts before Mania weekend. They may lose them at the, the Rumble. Uh, yeah. They may lose them Rumble weekend. Yeah. Um, or at least one of them will go down in Rumble weekend. And I, I, feel think like the, I feel like the tag belts will drop. Strong. And, oh, you think he'll drop the North American and then regain it shortly later? No, I think he'll drop it and get kicked out of the undisputed era oh and then have it just be the three of them yeah the original cfo i, I have a funny feeling because it, it like i said it almost built to that as you're watching that match you're like okay yeah yeah oh my god are they it, are they gonna mug him after the match if he loses this yeah. that's okay. what that's what i felt it almost felt like when dx kind of kicked out um when they were starting to have their big fallout with road dog and billy gun being kicked out and x-pac being kicked out and all of a sudden you could see dx wasn't dx anymore yeah that, that's what that felt like to me it was like oh man well all they guys- almost had that not too long ago when Dunn was having issues with Adam during the whole North America title thing. Yeah. And he almost got kicked out, but then he re-showed his allegiance to the UE. Yes. It's going to be a fun 2020, like you said. Yeah, it is. 2020 is going to be really interesting. Yes. Speaking of Peter Dunn. Oh, my God, Pete Dunn. My favorite wrestler. Oh, man. He put, he put Arturo Ruas over in a phenomenal technical match. And still picked up the W. Yes. And we were saying before, you got those European wrestlers who know how to put people over when, they, when they're scoring the victory and they're, and the other person is losing clean. Man, he put Ruas over. So I've never, I haven't clean. heard of Arturo Ruas before, but I will never forget the name Arturo Ruas no anymore. I, and, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to rewatch this match because I enjoyed it that much. Oh yeah, it was really good. I'm probably going to watch it this weekend. Yeah, probably because I got nothing else to do. Yeah. So... By a uh, quick promo, uh, not promo, but video package, the leader of Team Kick is She's returning back. next week, Dakota next Kai. Week. God, I love Dakota Kai. So do I. She's I love Team Kick. The entire NXT women's division is absolutely solid right now. AEW better watch out. Yeah. Except for the next match, it was a little sloppy, but they're two great competitors, uh, Zia Lee and uh, Aaliyah uh, with Vanessa Bourne. It was a sloppy match. There was a big botch where uh, 
Zaylee missed uh, tried to jump off the top rope and slipped and fell and kind of jumped over and kind of tried to get back and it just didn't really work out. They, I could tell once that happened, they just cut the match real quick because they wanted to get it over with. Yeah. It, They're great competitors, but it was a sloppy match, but it is what it is. I mean, Zaylee gets the win, which she needed because she hasn't been on NXT a ton, but it, it was good. It was, yeah, it was all right. It, it, you could just see it falling apart as soon as that. Yeah, as soon as that botch happened, they fell apart. Yeah, but, but that the, it happens. It's it, professional wrestling, exactly. But I'll tell you something right now. What really picked everything back up was what happened next. Oh yeah. So <laughs> up next was meant to be a match uh, for Kushida uh, against Denzel Dejanay, who is another uh, performance center guy. But before Kushida's music could even hit, emerges from the crowd Wolf, uh, Bartel, and Eichner. Of Imperium and came out and laid out Denzel Desjardins and then the crowd was eating it up. The crowd was we chanting, we want, want Walter. Walter. And as soon as they were done, they all stood up in a line, kind of were all just like looking down the ring and once they noticed they were all in line, they just popped up on the on the tips of their toes, dropped their hands behind and laid flat and then Walter's music hits. He comes out drops a phenomenal promo like no. we run this place you will obey us you will follow the way of imperium this or you will be taken out by the ring general yes the sanctity and the holiness of this ring will be protected by imperium i mean the same stuff he basically said on uk yeah he, he said on he nxt said it on nxt and man that would be a great angle having them going against the ue but my biggest issue with that is it's tweener heels versus tweener heels and i don't think anybody's really gonna look strong coming out of that so i feel like your boy pete dunn needs to get a faction together of just people to just go after the ue and what better way to set it up war games is around the corner my friend yeah now after that came out kushida kushida versus walter as possibility mm-hmm. uh for a match uh kushida could lose that and yeah. still look fine he'll look fine there was one thing that I was going to say, and it's gone now. Um, I remember now. So, I like how we said that we want to get rid of the wildcard rule, except for Baron Corbin. What if NXT and NXT UK can all just stay as the NXT brand? Yep. And some of the UK guys can go on a main... Uh, on main NXT and NXT guys can go on to UK and kind of do it that way, but stay away from Raw and SmackDown. I like the idea, but what I like a little bit better than that is seeing Walter cutting a promo and Baron Corbin getting absolutely laid out. I, I yeah, well, yeah, anything to see Baron Corbin get hit with a chop and a power bomb and a euro bomb. Oh man, that'd be that'd awesome. Be so yeah. I think I, I like the idea of they just being one NXT. The problem is, is um, if you start opening up divisions internationally elsewhere, yeah, that's really going to put a, a damper on everything. So, um, up next, um, was the return of Leo rush. Yes. To the ring. Um, he took a little bit of hiatus off, um, mental issue, mental health issues, Trust me, I understand all about that. Yeah, dis- so, disgruntled workplace issue as, as well. He was not happy with everything that's happening in the locker room. And Yeah, but anyway, he came back and had a match against Oni Lorcan. Number which, one contenders match. Yeah, friend. number one contendership for the 205 Live Championship, the Cruiserweight Championship. 
Dave was telling me that this was his match of the night. It was, man. It was. I, I, I was glued. Leo Rush, man, you forget how phenomenal of an athlete he is because the last image we really have of him, the last thought that really is in our head... Is him as the voice piece for Bobby Lashley. That's it, man. And it's just... It's not who he is. What he did in this match is who he is. Flying around. He's, hitting suicides. One, two, three. Oh, my He's God. the Leo Rush that you saw in New Japan, in ROH, in the independent scene. And he's finally getting to do what he does. Yes. And um, what I like, he goes over. Great match with Oni Larkin. Um, he's the new number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. But something that I've really noted is you're looking at people who had issues after WrestleMania in the locker room. You're looking at someone like Sasha Banks, someone like Luke Hopper, someone like Rusev and Leo Rush. All four of them well noted. They were really, really, really not happy with, not happy with how it's going on. Yeah. You get a change in the guard. You get, you know, um, Triple H, who obviously has always kind of controlled NXT. And then Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman and, and Eric, Eric Bischoff. Bischoff. And now all of a sudden, these disgruntled people are all being put, minus Rusev, all being put in really strong, not f- not just feuds, title but two pictures. two of them are in the title picture. Right away. Right yeah. away. And they're putting it... And Luke Harper's in a huge angle right now. With two of the strongest yeah. people in the wrestling industry. I'd honestly say three of them. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll Eric, Rowan Eric Rowan is, is really top building, right now. building his brand. He yeah. definitely is. So, I really liked it. I, yes, it was my match of the night. To me, it was. Um, I know a lot of people are going to go back to that Fatal 4-Way, and that Fatal 4-Way was a great match. I'm not going to take anything away from it. But, man, good, it was good to see Leo Rush back in the ring. It was really good. And then, um, noticing about the timing of NXT, I noticed that it it seemed like NXT was running out of time for a street fight. Because street fights normally would run 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. They had all of about 10 minutes left. Yeah, I think it was like 12 minutes left when they started the match. And 12 it, minutes when they started the intros. Okay. And it was just weird because it sometimes a street fight will start out and then spill out. It almost spilled out immediately. Yeah. Um, you didn't get the toe spot. I was kind of hoping for a toe spot in that match. Yeah. Uh, especially with Killian Dane. The match was really rushed. It just turned into an absolute brawl at the end. And it was like everyone was in a, the locker room was fighting everybody. There wasn't faces versus heels. No, it was, was like a brawl. Oh, there's a person over there. I'm gonna punch punch. Oh, you're my tag team partner. Punch. punch. It was there was too many bodies involved and we were talking about images, okay? At the end of Raw, you have this image. The fiend hung in Seth Rollins' face, him afraid to even look at him. At the end of SmackDown, you have absolute anarchy all outside the ring. Tables destroyed. Corey Graves smashed up against the barrier. Luke Hopper, Eric Rowan standing tall. The end of the first hour of NXT Live, what do you, you have? You have UE, UE dripping in gold. Dripping in gold. At the end of the second hour, just bodies, bodies lying everywhere. everywhere. And Pete, Dun- him. Pete Dunne is still fighting with somebody when they fade to black. Yeah, it, it, it was just like... It was just... Very messy. It's not the way I expected it to go off the air. It was just a mess. And I I don't like to end on a negative note when it comes to my shows. Because they went, they went for... Well, I didn't watch NXT UK. But they went... In the stuff that I saw, they went four for five. With going... Uh, th- three, three for four, I'm sorry. No, four for five going off the air. 
Great way to end Clash of Champions. Great way to end Raw. Great way to end SmackDown. And NXT Live's first hour. Great way to end that. I would say they went, for me, five for six. Because NXT UK must have been NXT awesome. UK was really good. Okay. We're going to fly through that because I was the one that watched it. And there wasn't a ton that happened. There were a couple of smaller matches. Um, and then there were a couple big points that I definitely want to point out. And a couple of uh, things for next week. And then the main event. Um, but we're running a little long on time. So I want to kind of fly through it as quickly as I can. So uh, NXT UK started off with Travis Banks versus Tyson T-Bone. The crowd was absolutely dead. Wow. There was zero reaction. There were a couple cheers when a really cool move went off, but the crowd was dead. Uh, Travis Banks went over uh, against Tyson T-Bone. Um, then it went back to backstage with uh, the backstage reporter. I can't remember his name. Um, looking for Tony Storm. Couldn't find him. And then Gallus comes in. And they basically say they are the number one contenders for the tag belt still because they never ate the pin. Okay. It was uh, John... Uh, I don't remember. One of the, uh, one of the Coffee brothers. brothers. Yep. Uh, I think it was Mar- uh, Joey. Jo- Joey Coffee. Okay. And uh, Wolfgang. Because one of them said Wolfie and one of them said Joey, so that's how I figured it out with those two. Uh, they said they're still the ta- uh, number one contenders, so they're probably going to go after those belts over the Welsh boys. Rhea Ripley is back on NXT UK. It's a little odd to me, but at the same time, it's good to get her back on there. Maybe she just goes over there, beats up a couple of people before she goes and takes the title off of uh I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a good way to book her. Um possibly maybe a little longer till she gets that uh main uh, NXT women's belt because she went over Debbie Keetle in a really casual match, really quick match. Okay. And then out comes Ginny and Jazzy Gabert also known as the alpha female. Okay. Um, she comes out and Jazzy Gaber gets up on the ring apron because Rhea cuts a promo saying there's no one who can uh, step up to me, no one who can match me for strength, no one can match me in the ring. And Jazzy Gaber comes out, eats a kick, uh, is knocked off the ring, but looks like she wants to go, but Jeannie's holding her back. And Rhea's like, I told you nobody can get in the ring. And she does her like her little hook kick stomp thing. Yeah. And she looks so strong. She, she bends down and lot, uh, draws a line with her hand in the ring and says, you crossed the line, you're on. And so that could be a future match between Jazzy Gabert and Rhea Ripley. Okay. Uh, backstage promo, uh, Trent Seven's walking into the arena and Noam Dar oh my, I love is using two. a megaphone to kind of yell at him like, and says, BSS is dead. Wow. British Strong Style is done. Nobody can get it done against Valter. Saying Trent Seven could beat Valter, Pete Dunne couldn't beat Valter, and Tyler Bate couldn't beat Valter. So that um, that's going to build to a good feud. That's going to build to a good feud. Uh, next match was Joseph Connors defeated Kenny Williams. Joseph Connors needed that win. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a couple of rough spots, and both Kenny Williams have they've needed wins. Um, but Joseph Connors went over in that, and then they announced two matches that are going to be happening. One of them in two weeks, and one of them next week. Next week will be Trent Seven versus Noam Dar, good. and next week's main event. Very good. And then in two weeks, Kaylee Ray versus Tegan Knox. <sighs> Not a title match, but still in two weeks. Yeah, and, that, and we said that last week. We said that it was going to be good to get Kaylee Ray versus Tegan Knox. I think I think that's going to be a good match, and I, I think it's going to be safe if Kaylee Ray gets the pin. Yeah, I think if she get if she wins that match, you can almost set up something really cool with a triple threat. I could with Tony Storm. Either that or Kaylee Ray gets the win. Tegan Knox gets sent to Maine to reteam with Dakota Kai. Okay. 
Oh, because Dakota Kai's coming back. Yeah, Yeah. Team Kick. So bring them back. And then you can almost make a really good tag team out of that because aren't the women's tag team titles supposed to be held, be challenged via any division? I think so. So that could be really good. Yeah. Now, the main event, the British rules match. Now, Dave hasn't watched NXT UK, so I'm going to make him watch this later. I'm going to watch this match because I was really looking forward to it, but I got cut really short on time um, last night. Um Fourth wall break. We're recording this on a Thursday. Um, the matches all happen Wednesday, so I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch this match. I was looking forward to this British rounds match it all was week. Really good. Uh, ended with Ono defeating Scala one to nothing. Wow! But Scala had him rolled up in a uh, small package. I think schoolboy small package. It's yeah. all the same thing. And to a count of two and a and half, bell and rings. the bell went off. And we called that last week. We said, And Ono is chanting, like, I'm the best British wrestler. British wrestler, and kind of rubbing it in Sid Scala's face. And Sid Scala's looking like, What in the hell just happened? And we both said Ono was going to win this we match. We said Ono was going to win. We yeah. said he was going to win via knockout, but he wins one nothing. Yeah. And, I'll and tell it's you, great. And I'll tell you something right now. We even mentioned the whole thing about having a three count, and then the bell yeah. saves the other guy. Yeah. Man. WWE just needs to pay us for this booking. Yeah, right. At this point, man. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the news. Yes, big um, news week actually. You yeah, know, a couple of sad things happened this week, unfortunately for one person in particular. But there's a lot of big things. Uh, we really talked a lot about uh, WWE. Um, there's two big things we want to bring up about AEW. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring up the two things I got here, and then I'll let you go one wild. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Um, because he's been out injured for a little while and having issues outside of that, mm-hmm. um, he got another year added to his contract. Okay. So he's got one year left, is what they said as a quote. He's got one year left. So whenever he comes back, he'll do one more calendar year and then be done. Okay. Because he needs to retire. He's 42 years old and he can't be doing the the <sighs> high flying action that he's doing at 42, let yeah, alone back it. when he was like 37. Or 27. I yeah. Mean, God, some of the spots. And then Owen. Owens to NXT extinguished because of his appearance on SmackDown Live. It looks like they still have a lot more for him to do on SmackDown, so they're not going to send him back to NXT. Okay. Although it could finish up before the draft, which is going to be happening mid-October, which then that could find him going back to NXT. So before we get into the AEW stuff, you're the general manager of either Raw or SmackDown. Who is your number one pick? Who is my number one draft pick? Now, so I'm going to say who's going to be the number one draft pick overall. If the number one draft picked pick is for SmackDown Live, if SmackDown gets the first draft picked, Roman Reigns. Okay. If Raw gets the first draft pick, it's Becky Lynch. Okay. Who are you taking? Who am I taking as number one? Yes. Who would I want to take as number one? Yes. The Fiend. Okay. I'm going to pick something different because we're both on the same wavelength here. But here's the way I look at it. If SmackDown has a number one pick, it's Brock Lesnar. Okay. If Raw has a number one pick, it's The Fiend. Okay. Because The Fiend will have the universal title at that time. Is the draft happening after Hell in a Cell? I believe so. We could be wrong. Fact check us. Yeah. Fact check us and let us know. Well, either way, I believe The Fiend's going to be the number one pick. I think Mr. Wyatt will be announced as the number one pick. As far as who I would take, I would take Brock Lesnar. Okay, I know you're a Brock Lesnar mark. I'm a big Brock Lesnar mark, but you know what? He is he's gonna just draw attention. 
period. Yeah, he will. Especially he's a draw. He, I, I'll admit it. I'm not. I don't like Brock Lesnar. I'm not a huge Brock Lesnar fan, but he is a draw and, without a doubt. And he he's probably the best athlete to ever step into the squared circle. Period. Agreed. Okay. Um, before we get to AEW, Big Cass had another situation. Yeah, he uh he had some issues backstage at some show and was having arguments and knocked somebody around and yeah. whatever and got arrested. Yep. Um, he did come out. He did give out a formal apology to everybody involved. Good, good. Which was really nice. Um, we all know, you know, the battles he's, having he's issues. been having. He's had, yeah, for, he's for had some, time. some issues. So. And, it, and, you know, he's recognizing the problems he's having. Um, he's recognized them in the past. Unfortunately, he just had a bad episode and it spilled over and he did things he's not happy about. He's come out. He's apologized to everybody and he didn't apologize as Big Cass. He apologized as the real human being. He came yeah. out and said his name at the end of the Colin statement. Colin Cassidy. And it's, I don't ever want to see someone struggling the way he's been struggling. It's great to see him back in great physical health. Let's get Big Cass back into great Good mental, mental health. health. Yeah, get him back in the ring because he is a big guy, and wrestling needs more big guys in it that that are athletic like he is. Yeah, I mean, I don't need Enzo Amore. I can deal without him. The I same. do. I do like myself some Big Cass. And then there's Matt, who's a huge Enzo Mark. Yeah. Oh God. Hello, Matt, if you're listening. Um, AW Tag Tourney. So I'm just gonna list. The seven teams in this tournament. And and to, to quicken it up, let's just say who's our winner. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to list the seven teams and the teams that they're facing. So in round one, it's the Young Bucks versus Private Party. Yep. And on that same side of the bracket, you have Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, which if you guys don't know who Jurassic Express is... It's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. On the other side of the bracket, you have Best Friends versus SCU, and you have the Dark Order who are given a bye because, because for they've some won weird four reason, matches. they've won four matches and nobody else has even come close to winning two. So they were given the bye. Who's My, your winner? Okay. Who I want to win? Who do you want to win? Who's going to win? Jurassic Express. I would love to see Jurassic Express win. Who's going to win? It's probably going to end up being Lucha Bros. And... Okay. And you know who I really feel bad for? Because Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express are facing each other in the first round. I feel bad for Jungle Boy. He's going to take a beating. Oh, yeah, he will. He's going to take a beating. Yeah, because he can't... Uh, Luchasaurus can't eat that pin. No, he's not going to eat that pin. Who do you got? I have... I would like to see the best friends because I love Trent Seven. I love Chuck Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I love Orange Cassidy. Okay. And I think Orange Cassidy is going to have something to do with the win. Okay. Who is going to win, in my opinion... It's going to be the Bucks. Okay. I can see it uh, coming down to the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers on that side. Well, yeah. And then the Lucha, uh, the Bucks taking on the Dark Order. Yeah. I think the Dark Order are going to be very well rested. I think it's going to be uh, Bucks, Lucha on one side, and I think it's going to be SCU, Dark Order on the other side. Okay. And then I see Dark Order advancing. I see Lucha advancing, and then I see Lucha, Lucha beating Dark Order. Okay. Um, and then a little bit of fantasy booking. AEW is going to be obviously coming live Wednesday nights. In two weeks. Yep, in two weeks. Which of these two storylines are you most anticipating? Either A, MJF turning heel against Cody Rhodes, or B, Kenny Omega having this losing streak and needing to build this turnaround to keep his name as Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world. So, in my opinion, it's Michael James Freeman, right? Or... I believe... Uh, okay, something like MJF. Yes. He's already a heel. Okay. And Cody Rhodes, at this point, 
is best as a heel because he is in the wrestling business the heel of WWE. Mm-hmm. So I think MJF is going to stay as a heel and possibly team up with Cody Ooh. for something. I okay. And I think Kenny can't win the big one. I think it's going to be that Kenny is going to have loss of big match after loss of big match after loss of so big match. So that's what you're lo- most looking forward to? That's what I'm most looking forward to is Ken, Kenny Omega back up that he's the best in the world. Okay. I'm going to make an argument for MJF because I don't think Cody is a heel at all. Yes, he's a heel to the WWE, but Cody has always played a better face and there's been a lot of inklings like when MJF came out with that chair with the whole Sean Spears thing. Okay. Was he going to hit Cody? Yeah. You could almost feel it coming. I want to see MJF do a full heel turn, smash Cody Rhodes over the head with a chair, bust him open all over again, get them into a nice hot blood feud, have Cody Rhodes go over, have Cody Rhodes win the belt, and then Kenny Omega chasing Cody Rhodes to the top. Yeah, that could be really good. That's how you're going to book the AEW. That's really good. So, I mean... I have nothing else to say. I've got no other notes, no other fancy yeah, I've booking. Got no other notes what about for you, that? my friend? I I think this has been a very successful episode. Yes. Um it has been a long long night. It's been a very long night, guys. For reasons that we will probably talk about on social media. Yes. Once this episode comes out, we will talk about what happened. Yes. Um but I think we're going to call it a night because we are running on about an hour 40. Yes. I like how we said we wanted to do it for about an hour. Eh. And then tangents happen. Tangent. Well, not too many bad tangents. No, it was just but it a was lot a, to cover. There was a lot this week that yeah, we needed to go again. over. And that's going to happen when there's pay-per-views in the weekend. We're going to yeah. need to talk about them. We're not going to skim have, through them. And when you have great matches. Exactly. And when you have poor matches. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, I got notes again from the two little doinks, Lexi and Julian. Exactly. So I've got to make sure I use those notes and I got to yeah. get their points in there. So, you know what, guys? As always, thank you for listening to The Double Doinks. Thank you for joining the Doink family. And Josh, you got anything else to say before we sign off? No, I want to just say, as Dave said, thank you all so much for listening. And we will hear from you guys uh, next week. Thank you. Have a good one.